0: Good evening, church. That was a new song. I don't think I've ever even seen that before. Thank you for that. I want to continue looking at uh, Joseph and Jesus. And just when we read the word, uh, the story of Joseph, uh, the account of Joseph, we can see Jesus and and teach even that next level, uh, helping our children understand the significance of this account. Uh, Let's go to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we love you so very much, and we're so thankful to you for blessing us, as you've blessed us in so many ways, and we're so incredibly thankful to you for all that you've done, and for all that you do, and we're mesmerized by your power, and and Lord God, just to understand, even just for a moment, how how you work, and the blessings that you've given to this earth, and life, and prayer being echoed at the same time, you can hear them with clarity, and you answer them. We we're just so thankful, Lord God, to you. And we ask that you'll help us remember uh, your great blessing in Jesus, your great son who died on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary for us all. Help us, Lord God, please, this evening as we worship you. We pray that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. These things we do pray in the name of Jesus Christ. be thy will. Amen. The shepherd boy, Joseph, um, Genesis chapter 37. verses 1 and verse 2. Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned, in the land of Canaan. And these are the records of the generation of Jacob. Joseph, when he was 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah, the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. And so therein begins uh, the account of the, uh, the, the sorrow in the relationship between the brothers and uh, Joseph himself, but also, of course, the jealousy that came to play, the shepherd boy. But Jesus also was a shepherd. We know the accounts in John 10 and other places where Jesus is the good shepherd for us all, the chief shepherd of all. Joseph was given a coat in verse 3 of many colors. The Bible says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a very colored tunic or a very colored coat. And Jesus received uh, something also uniquely precious in John chapter 19. Sadly though and oddly it wasn't the same kind of gift. When he was being tortured, in John chapter 19, they took this very colored coat or robe, if you will, and placed it on him. In verse 1 of John 19, the Bible says, And Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. And if you uh, go back and study the idea of purple, that, that shows it was expensive and uh, very, very important. Lydia, for example, is a seller of purple. Jesus When he received this robe, it was a unique situation, but it wasn't a good situation. Matthew 27, please. Because that robe, when they placed it upon him, once the robe was removed, as his blood began to clot and adhere to the robe, and then they peeled it off of him, it wasn't a good situation. And during that time, they mocked Jesus on the cross. They mocked him. I, I, I've always wondered when I read the scriptures, and I'm reading about them mocking Jesus. You know, the, the bloodthirstiness of the day uh, is really interesting to me. Um, but also, the very fact that, that they would mock Jesus while he's on the cross. Can you imagine that? A man is dying, and you, and you mock him. You know, you, you make fun of him while he's being tortured, and Tormented, it just it just kind of gives us an understanding and a little more clarity of just how wicked the world was at that time. Joseph's brothers also mocked him, right, when he had dreams in Genesis uh, thirty-seven. In verse twenty-nine of Matthew chapter twenty-seven, and after weaving a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and a real and a reed in his right hand, they kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying. Hail King of the Jews. Remember, Jesus is bloodied at this time. What a a grotesque people uh, at this time. So Joseph's brothers marked him continuously about these dreams that he was having. And and who does he think he is? And I want to go back to Genesis 37 because there's an account uh, here that gives us uh, an understanding of the hearts of the brothers. What were they really thinking? What was really going on? And in the King James Version... The word envied is there. Uh, In the New American Standard Version, Genesis 37, beginning at verse 10. And he related it to his father's dream and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come and bow ourselves down to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying, in mind, and so in this in this text is the idea that his brothers were envious of him. In Mark uh, chapter 15, it was stated the exact same way about Jesus: the jealousy that you find amongst the Sanhedrin, amongst the men who were in charge, the jealousy of Jesus, as was stated in John. If we let him continue on this way, we're going to lose our kingdom, right? Lose our Power. So, in Mark chapter fifteen, beginning of verse six, uh, there the Bible says, "Now the feast used to, <clears throat> at the feast, he used to release for them any one prisoner whom they requested, and the man named Barabbas had been in prison with the insurrectionists who had been committed, excuse me, who had committed murder in the insurrection, and the multitude went up and began asking to do as he had done, as he accustomed to do for them." And Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he was aware that the chief priest had delivered him up because of envy. You ever wondered, like, what if if the chief priest said, You know, we need to rethink our spiritual lives right now. Because we know that we are envious of this man. We don't, we don't really have anything against him. We don't really have any evidence. But honestly, we're just envious of him. We're jealous of him. We, we don't like him because the people are following him. But that wasn't the case. In Genesis chapter 41, we find the age that Joseph began his ministry, if you will, or his work uh, as he began to rule uh, under... Uh, Pharaoh. In verse 46, the Bible says, Now Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. And so he was 30, and you know, Luke tells us also in Luke chapter 3 that Jesus also was 30 years old when he began his ministry. There are these parallels that God has given to us in the text that just... Indicates there's something more to the account of Joseph than just a story. It's an introduction of Jesus, as we would say, uh, types and antitypes. And it's, it's an introduction of the Messiah who would come to the world. And isn't it interesting and unique that it is Joseph who provides bread for the people, for the whole world, right? I'm going to John chapter 6. The whole world in, in starvation during the famine came to Joseph for food. The Bible makes it clear. They came to Joseph for bread. Jesus says, Moses gave you bread, but I am that bread. I am the bread of life. John 6 and verse 33. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. And they said therefore to him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Did they mean that when they said that? Give us this bread. And Jesus says, I am the bread. I am everything that you could ever want or long for. I am the sustenance. I am the fulfillment of your life. I'm everything that you could ever need. Jesus, we're not looking for that. We want literal bread. (laughs) I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. And he who believes in me shall never First, verse 48. I am the bread of life. Verse 51. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of his, this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread also which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus. Is, is Jesus truly... There's a song we sang... I don't know what it's entitled, but it it goes like, Jesus is all the world to me? Is Jesus truly all the world to me, to to us? A servant king. I love the question of old. uh, How can a king be a servant because kings don't serve? The question was asked, if Jesus is a king, then... Why did they kill him? Or how could they have killed him being a king? And yet kings are killed all the time. But Jesus was unique because as a servant king, he gave himself to the people and allowed himself to be crucified. Joseph was a servant. Jesus was a servant who came and volunteered to serve on our behalf. And Joseph, Revelation 21 was given something while he was serving he was given a Gentile wife Pharaoh gave Joseph one of his daughters as his wife a Gentile wife would have been frowned upon if you will back in that day a Gentile wife Jesus was given a wife the wife that he has is called his bride and it's composed of both Jews and Gentiles it's the whole world Revelation 21, the church. and verse 9, the Bible says, And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, and I shall show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb, the church. And what a blessing it is to be a part of God's church, the kingdom. The kingdom on earth that will be delivered over to the Father and become the heavenly kingdom or join or unite with the heavenly kingdom. And Genesis 45, Joseph was a deliverer for the people. It's interesting, again, that God takes this account with all of its uh, nuances, all of its ideas, all the thoughts behind it. And, and it's just amazing how you can see Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Remember we went through the whole Bible and we showed Jesus in every book of the Bible over and over again. And if you took the time to look, he's just all over it. God is trying to teach us Jesus and has been doing so from the very beginning of time. The Holy Spirit has been at work for us. And Genesis 45 and verse 6. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there will still be five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. To keep them alive, to bless them, to strengthen them, to save them. And Jesus says in Luke 19, in verse 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and and save the lost. Jesus is our Savior Joseph was a deliverer, if you will, a savior for the people physically in that day. Jesus will be the one to provide the great deliverance, even at the end of time. And then I want to look at one last thought. The recognition of Joseph and the recognition of Jesus. The first time the brothers saw Joseph, they didn't recognize him, right? They didn't recognize him until the second time. And in Genesis 45, beginning at verse 3, Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. And then Joseph said to his brothers, Please come closer to me. And they came closer and said, or he said rather, excuse me, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. How could that be? Right? How could that be? I'm going to Zechariah. Jesus came. God came. <laughs> Amazing, and then people didn't recognize him. To, to me, I, I don't know. I, I'm you know I'm, I'm looking I'm looking backwards, and I I can't pretend like I would have been any different than they were uh, in being able to recognize Jesus. Uh, but like Jesus said, one thing I think that's pretty obvious, where Jesus says if you don't believe me, at least believe the miracles. That was amazing. (laughs) A man born blind now sees. One is dead has been resurrected. One who was crippled or lame is now walking. Those were noteworthy miracles. Those were amazing. And yet even with all of those When God came down, through all the prophetic messages, they still didn't recognize him the first time. Zechariah 12 and the verse 10, the Bible says, And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. And they will weep bitterly over him like a bitter weeping over a firstborn over a man, the man Jesus Christ they're going to look at Jesus they're going to see Jesus on the cross Revelation chapter 1 every eye, even the eyes that pierced Him will see Him and yet they didn't recognize Him when He was standing right in front of them when He walked amongst them when He fed the thousands when all the works that He did when He told them specifically I am the bread of life, I am the true shepherd I am the vine, I am God and yet they didn't recognize Him to me, when they trap Jesus at the edge of a cliff and then he walks through them, that tells me that something was different about Jesus. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that when you've got all these people there and he just walked and they intend to kill him and he just walks through them? How does he do that? Jesus was uniquely different. How amazing. And yet they didn't recognize him. Verse 4 says, uh, Revelation 1 John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you in peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to Him who loves us and releases us from our sins by His blood. And He has made us to be a kingdom priest to His God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, Jesus says. Behold. He is coming with the clouds and every eye will see Him even those who pierced Him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over Him even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come the Almighty. Here's this great proclamation. Jesus, the one whom they did not recognize, the one whom they could not see as God, and yet he was revealed as God, and is revealed to us as God. Here's what's interesting the first time Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, remember that? And you know what's scary? The second time, Pontius Pilate is going to stand before Jesus. He's going to recognize him. And here we are today with a belief and a trust in God. That God has not only brought salvation down to humanity, and, and yet we don't see him, we believe based on all the evidence that God has given to us. You know, they say if you, if you took every Bible, right, the biblios, if you took the book itself, online and offline, and you took every Bible and you, you destroyed them in whatever way. Took every bit of content that, that was a Bible offline. Every one, every one of them, right? Every version, every Bible, the Greek, the Hebrew, whatever. it doesn't matter what it is, you took every one of them away. Do you know that all the literature that's written about God, you can put the Bible right back together? Now that's amazing. You can't get rid of this book. And this is the book that's going to meet us in the end, church. I love the fact that it's an open book test. <laughs> you know, it's great. It's an open book test, right? I love when the teachers say that. Well, today we have a test, a pop quiz. Uh, but I want you to know, I'm going to Romans, rather. Uh, Romans, rather, chapter, four, chapter 12. Um, that this is going to be an open book test. So love that. Didn't get that often, but Romans Romans 14 the second time everybody's going to see him. I could go to First Thessalonians chapter 4 about the second coming of the Lord, but I just want to grab a thought out of Romans chapter 14, beginning at verse 12. Verse 10, rather. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each one of us shall give an account of himself to God. The second time, right? And and you, we, God's people, have recognized and surrendered to him in the waters of baptism. Thank God for that. We washed our sins away. We'll give an account later. We'll stand before God. and We'll meet Jesus. And we're listening for what? What are the words we're listening for? Well done, ye good and faithful servant. Enter ye into my rest. They didn't recognize him. But we will. And what an exciting day. I and mean, this was exciting today. But boy, that's going to be even more exciting on it when we get to go home and be with God. But until that day comes, God says, be thou faithful until he comes. This morning, if we can, or evening rather, if we can help in any way, if there's one who had to surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism, if you have struggles, if there's something we can do, anything at all, please make it known while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.